are back. It is a brand new week. Episode 24 of Boomer Memes. It is awesome to be back. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, right off the bat, I want to get this out of the way. I want to encourage you guys to follow Boomer Memes on Instagram at Boomer Memes Pod. Um, there you'll find in the bio a link tree with all of the other relevant links. I'm not going to go through everything. I'm just going to say that if you go into Boomer Memes Pod on Instagram, you can find the link tree and go to all of basically all the media that I've put out throughout the course of my getting to be a long entertainment career at this point. But the other thing in the link tree I really want to push is uh, the Discord. I really want more people in my Discord, guys. Let's hang out. Let's let's talk about stuff. Let's let's chat during our uh, work days while we're on the toilet. I think that's really the connection I want with my fan base. I think like we all need to have shit conversations together. I think that's good. If you like this podcast and you want to support it in any way, I don't have something set up like a, uh, you know, like a Patreon yet because... You know, look, right now all I've got is my Venmo and my Cash App. So if you like an episode and you want to throw me like a tip, like a $2 tip, you know, it's a one-time thing. And you can say, thanks for the the laughs. Here's two bucks. It helps support the show, helps keep it going. It's not some monthly reoccurring scam like Patreon, which is in the works. We'll have that soon. It's not, we're not trying to, you know, you know, tap your card every month yet. We are, but not yet. So in the meantime, go on there, um, sign up for or not sign up, just go onto your Venmo and send me two bucks or, or cash app and send me two bucks. And that way we can, you know, put that money back into the show, making it better, helping me quit my day job so I can focus on uh, making boomer memes and do a multimedia. Um, really, I want to do a movie franchise. I think that's like, I need a shared cinematic boomer memes universe. That's really the goal, but we're, we're a long way from that. You know, no one's giving me any money yet, you know, so you can just give me two bucks and help start that train. Once again, Boomer Memes Pod on Instagram. All right. Uh, I got uh, some shows coming up uh, this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, March 9th at the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I will be performing at the Exiled Comedy Show. It is the best comics from Exile off Main Street's Comedy Nights. That's what where I qualify. And then plus regional favorites at Chattanooga's Comedy Catch. Um, tickets and show information you can find at exiledcomedy.com. That is Exiled. Uh, comedy that's e-x-i-l-e-d comedy.com uh coming up friday march 25th at third coast comedy club in nashville tennessee i'm on the alcohol comedy show it uh alcohol is nashville's number one interactive comedy show slash drinking game come watch as three comedians become progressively more drunk while you take a drink for every rule they break i am one of those three comedians guys uh you can get all your tickets and show information for that at thirdcoastcomedy.club that is the website go to thirdcoastcomedy.club type that in your web browser and you can order tickets if you're in the nashville area or if you just want to come to nashville that night once again, Friday, March 25th, Alcohol. Sometime in April, uh, there's talks to give me a show in Huntsville, Alabama. I still don't have anything solid on that. That may not happen. I don't know, but it's it's in the works. I just want to put the word out there. So if you're listening and you're in the Huntsville area, go ahead and just plan sometime in April. Just think April, 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 April. Maybe it'll be a 420 show. That would be neat. I would like to do a 420 show in Alabama because I feel like of all the places, when I think of 420... I think of Huntsville, Alabama. No, Huntsville's a wonderful place. I've, I've, I've had a good time there multiple times. Yeah, just sometime in April. I don't know. But anyway, anyway, on to things that are more um, 
solid and confirmed Friday, May 17th. This is a little ways off, but go ahead, write it down so you don't forget. Uh, Friday, May 17th at JJ's Bohemia in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Dark comedy is coming back. I will be there. Last time was a hoot. I uh, said a lot of awful things that ended up making it into my normal set. I was like, oh, you got to come to this. It's going to be only the darkest, edgiest stuff. And then it all did well. So I kept it. But, you know, I'm moving on from that tonight. Actually, I'm doing all new stuff and none of it's really that darker edgy. It's all kind of just it's all stuff that I feel like would go over well at the uh, exiled comedy show at the comedy catch. That's kind of why I'm working on that anyway. But for this show, it is going to be dark. It is going to be edgy. I'm going to try and cross lines that I've never crossed before. Um, and it's you know, I just want to, again, stress these dark comedy shows. We advertise that they are edgy and offensive and, you know, lazy writing. We'll get into that later. But uh, I feel like, you know, you just got to know what you're getting into with these things. And that's, you know, Friday, May 17th at JJ's dark comedy. I don't think there's any tickets on sale yet but it is coming up and then that net that following saturday may 18th at matrotham con uh, in chattanooga this is a new uh convention i think that's coming to chattanooga this year it's called matrotham con um it's going to be at the chattanooga convention center and i'll be performing stand-up as well as we're going to have the return of the live adventure fight show that's Ooh. right we're doing another live adventure fight first time uh and since during the i i count the one that we did over the live stream uh that was streamed live at at, at uh, barley and also over twitch and, and youtube uh you can find it on the adventure fight youtube channel if you want to go back and watch it but yeah we're uh we're gonna do that it's gonna be um this time we're gonna do because metrotham con i was told has an 80s theme and an 80s vibe and aesthetic um i am going to run a cyberpunk adventure. I don't know what game system yet, but it won't be classic fantasy like like it normally is. There won't be spells and wizards and basilisks. Instead, it's going to be, you know, the Matrix, sort of. The Matrix, Blade Runner, that kind of stuff. That'll be fun. If you've played Cyberpunk 2077, that kind of stuff. So those are the dates I've got coming up. Of course, if you want to book me, it, it's easy to do. I have an email address you can reach out to, boobermemespod at gmail.com. I am available for almost anything. You know, just sh I'll hear out the pitch. Just let me know. But uh, typically, stand-up comedy is preferred, I think, if you want me to do stand-up. I mean, I, I can do other things. I can mow. I can paint. Um, but mostly... I, you know, I want you to reach out for stand-up gigs. So boomermemespod at gmail.com is the best way to do that. All right, that's all the um, the barking I've got to do. So let's uh, let's get into the show. I'm going to start off by, I got, I got a few life updates I thought I would uh, bring up. Um, this week, I did not attend, uh, what night was that? I'm trying to think. It was the first. Was the first Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I skipped the open mic at... Well, okay, first off, I guess we'll go through the full week. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Monday, I went out to Exile off Main Street, as discussed before, where uh, all, all the booking is happening from this Exiled comedy. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little honest. I've done that show one time and then immediately got booked. It was nice. I'm, I'm pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty good comedian. <laughs> and go do... You know, they say, oh, Exile's best comedy. And then I had done it one time. It's been open for a while and people have been doing mics there for a while. I've been talking about it. Like, oh, I need to get out there. And I never have because Mondays are kind of special to me. Went out there last week and did OK. And then this past Monday, I don't know what what, what was. I mean, hey, I know that my I, I did a lot of old jokes because I just there have had a lot on my mind. OK, there's been a lot going on. Um, and so my writing has, has suffered as a result. So I just went out mostly just to go through the motions and tell some jokes. 
Well, everyone that was there was another comic or someone who worked there. No one really laughed because either, you know, they didn't get the jokes, they didn't like the jokes, or they've heard them 10,000 times. And, you know, my thing when it comes to that is that's not helping me get better, you know? And I'm not knocking it. I, I think it's good. I, I hope hoping once the weather gets better, which it is to, starting to feel better. Uh, but hoping once the weather gets better, that being a more outdoor kind of venue, the the crowds will be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I am going to check it out as, as things change. But I'm going to give it a few Mondays because I just didn't have a good time. It was a bad set. All of that being said, that whenever I have a bad set, it does push me to really, really work towards a redemption, which is why I've got a bunch of new stuff I'm trying tonight that I, you know, grinded and wrote out today. But yeah, so I did that. I didn't go out Tuesday night. This is the week where Donnie does the PAX brew room mic, but I didn't go out for that because uh, Coheed and Cambria was in town and I went to see Coheed and Cambria at the signal. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'm a big Coheed fan. I did, you know, you guys, longtime listeners know I, I love music and I did an episode about heavy metal. Um, but I didn't bring up Coheed because I don't really count Coheed as a metal band. They're more of a rock band. Some people classify them because they are, they do get a bit shreddy and like some of the riffs are a little bit heavier than like, you know, your typical rock fair. But, uh, you know, I, have been a big fan. I'd say they're one of my favorite bands. I, I don't really rank bands anymore because, you know, I'm not a teenager. It's not like these are my top five bands of all time. You know, like, I don't, I don't care. I'm just, hey, I like it. I like it. But I like Coheed a lot. I've uh, seen them live probably. I think this is now seven times um, of my own volition. One time, tickets were gifted to me. Uh, this was cr- crazy. I had a friend who was um, she had bought these tickets and then didn't know that her husband, who is uh, from South Korea, what was going to have to go back to South Korea, and so she and her child with him went back with him because of course they're you know they're family why would they not go together um so because of work he had to go back and um so she's like hey i didn't know that we weren't going to be in america so i've got these two coheed tickets you want them and i said sure i took them and they were for this like amphitheater in atlanta and it was this tour they were doing with this band called taking back sunday and i'm not a big taking back sunday fan but i fucking love coheed so i'm like i'm still in I can't find anyone to go with me. So I uh, reach out to some of my Atlanta friends and name escapes me, but I just got it. Uh, an Atlanta, formerly Atlanta comic, who I think's moved to New York um, named Kyle Gillis. Super funny, funny guy. Um, I don't know. I hope he's still doing comedy. I haven't heard from him, you know, leaving Facebook. I've, I've lost touch with a lot of people, but uh, Kyle Gillis is an amazing, funny guy. Um, he, he reached out. He's like, Hey, I would love to go to that. So we met up and went to that show and it was awesome. He took me with him to an open mic afterwards. It was cool. Come to find out. And I didn't realize this until like we got there, the seats were like third row. This was a seated show. And they were Holy like third shit. row on the aisle, like in the center. Um, she just gave them to me for free two tickets. There were, there was $400 worth of concert tickets. Yeah, for sure. I was like, I, I, I sent her the, the nicest, longest letter when I realized what had happened. I was like, oh, my God, I just took you just said you want free Kohi tickets. I said, yes, I didn't even look at them. <laughs> and now I know where I'm at. like, oh, my God, thank you so much. So that was cool. This Tuesday, I, you know, I'm getting old and this wasn't a seated show. So I mostly kept to the back. Um, but I do. It's my first time at the signal and I had a good time. Um, I found out that coming up in April, um, uh, Testament which is a classic uh, thrash band and Exodus, another classic thrash band and death angel, you know, all these old school eighties thrash bands are going to be in Chattanooga. So I'm going to that. 
I uh, can't wait to, uh, you know, break my hip in the geriatric circle pit, but it's still going to be a good time. And then in June, Guar is coming to town. Uh, I love Guar. I've seen Guar so many times, uh, not as many as Coheed, but close. And it's always a blast. Uh, you will get messy and wet, but it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's like going to a water park. Uh, just make sure, you know, you prepare and you cover like your car seat with like garbage bags mm-hmm. and you uh, bring a change of clothes for the parking lot and all that stuff. And don't wear clothes that you care about. That's another because there's a lot of dyes involved in the what they're spraying on you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good time. Uh, but they're also <laughs> there with uh, Crowbar, who I love Crowbar. And then Necrogoblicon, who if you've not, never heard of Necrogoblicon, look them up. They're an incredible band, but my drummer or my, my drummer, my friend is their drummer um, who also he, he did like the music for that video game, The Messenger. If you've ever played The Messenger, um, mm-hmm. I know he's doing more video game music work going forward. So I'm pretty stoked about that. But really good dude. He used to drum for a band called Destroy, 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 who I I, I did fill in, uh, you know, vocal duties for. He wasn't drumming for him then. Um, but I also, uh, we, t- with faith or flames toured with them and he was drumming for them then. So I've, I've been on the road with this guy. So there, you, you develop a bond with people like that. Uh, so it'll be good that, to see him come and rock out in my, uh, stupid hometown. But yeah, you know, I mean, fuck yeah. Let, you know, Coheed's cool. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't play every song that I wanted to hear that happens. They have a very long, very big catalog, but that's, Reason why I got to go back next time is to get to catch the ones that I missed. Uh, my rent situation, I'll move into that. Um, it is, uh, it's not resolved, but at least there's, you know, been some relief. They said, okay, go ahead and pay March's rent under the, the old terms. Still haven't signed a lease yet, but I feel like at least we're not going to get thrown on our asses during March. I'll, I'll start getting nervous again during like that last week, but if they haven't gotten back to us yet, but you know, so far uh, the Boomer Memes compound is intact. So that's Hanging cool. On. And it did make me like, like I said, you know, I, I feel a lot less stress, a lot less pressure. I was able once that, I, I, you know, I woke up today, like I got to write, I got to write, but I can't focus because there's a war. We're about to go into world war three. Uh, I'm about to lose my house. Inflation's crazy. Everything. The world is, mm-hmm. is going crazy. Oh my God. What's going on. It, nothing's going right. I got woken up in the middle of the night and then my neighbors had their TV up loud. I could hear that it was South park very clearly. And, uh, you know, I texted them. They told me next time just bang on the walls, but I'm, I'm you know, I have angrily before but I, don't, I try not to make a habit of being that guy <laughs> but i um i did text him like hey guys your tv is loud um they apologized in the morning and i think something woke him up and they turned it down but like <laughs> yeah so i woke up at 3 a.m and couldn't go back to sleep so i slept kind of like shit but luckily it, it, it was fine um and then at lunch they finally were like yeah go ahead and just pay us for march at whatever what you've been paying once that it was it felt like a fucking dark cloud cleared over my head and like yeah. for the first time in like you know a month I felt like oh man this is you know this things aren't so bad I guess and I sat down and I wrote three new jokes pretty long jokes too not even quick like one liners like I normally do so if you want to see those get a time machine and come go back in time and go to JJ's tonight because uh I don't know. I, hey, look, here's another benefit for joining the discord. I've gotten into the habit of recording all my sets and the good ones get posted there. So if you want to, if you can't make it out to a mic, if you're hearing me talk about all this stuff, you're like, oh, I wish, damn it, it's Friday. He performed last night and he's talked about it on the new episode. How can I see that? I'll tell you how you can see that. Join the discord, motherfucker. That's how you can see it. And then you can take it and you put it in your butt. You can jack off while you watch it too. If you're a lady, you can jack off your friend. I don't want you to turn. I don't want to, I don't want you to finger yourself during my set. I would love for you to finger yourself during my, not there at the show. Don't come to the show and masturbate. 
But at home, in the privacy of your own home, with me going on in the background and you just need to crank one out, you know, that's what we do here in Boomer Memes. We we crank them out. I support it. That should be on a t-shirt. Boomer Memes, crank one out. Anyway, that was fun. Um, what do we got next on the docket? I think, um, man, comedy has been cool. Like I said, got three new jokes. Uh, I, I, you know, I've, I wrote out a list of normally, you know, I, I, my notes are very bad for this show, but I actually have good notes today. Um, I'm just kind of vamping cause you know, it's, it feels good to have the freedom to do that again. I feel like with the guests and then the topics, you know, the plan, like this is the more, last one was the Mork Borg special sort of thing. I felt like I had kind of a, it was more scripted, more like structured. And now I can just kind of say what I want. So yeah, comedy, comedy kicks ass guys. Come on out. I mentioned all the shows that I'm doing at the beginning. Um, I've been hitting more mics. I, I may kind of back off. Like I mentioned Mondays probably for a, you know, a few weeks. I may, I may slow down on those. I've been doing better at Barley. Barley, I, when Barley opened back up post pandemic, I went a few times and ate shit. And lately I've been going there and they've been buying what I'm selling. So I, I'm liking, I'm liking Barley again. I think Barley is back on my, in my good graces. Was, uh, yeah, I remember like when it first opened the room, it was kind of, eh, but it's warmed up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, I mean, I, I want to say I've got good tape from there. I don't think, I, I don't know if I have it online or not, but I, I need to go through my phone again and find it and see, but there was one set where I had those people eating out of the palm. No, it was a good tape. It just kind of sounded a little off and it looked weird. So I didn't like mm. upload it for festival submissions, but I, I will, I'll upload it for the, the, um, the discord. So join the discord and you can see what I'm talking about. You can see me fucking hold barley in the palm of my fucking hand <laughs> because you know, God damn it. I've been working hard at this comedy thing. It's about time people show me some fucking respect. <laughs> so I mentioned Mork Borg, uh, Mork Borg. I, I, I actually ran my first session of Mork Borg last weekend. Um, it was a lot of fun. I uh, got up early that day. I went to a uh, place in town called 423 Taco and had some birria. Um, if you're not familiar with birria, look it up. It's B-I-R-R-I-A. Um, it is all the rage on the YouTube cooking channels right now. It's it's the hot stuff. And you'll see why if you look at it, it is a goddamn delicious kind of taco. They basically, it's like shredded meat. That's almost like, it's almost like barbecue meat is kind of mm -hmm. how I describe it. And um, they make this um, uh, consomme sauce that they cook the meat in. And then they'll take the consomme and then they'll actually cook the tortillas in the consomme. So it gets that saucy flavor. And then they'll put the meat in and put some cheese in. I think some places do a sauce. Really don't need a sauce. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll do like onions and cilantro. And they'll give you a cup of that consomme to dip that taco in. Mm. Man, that is. And I want to say it's it's uh, corn tortillas. So I think you you can probably. Yeah, I, I can eat those. Yeah, I've had some of that. Yeah, man. We should go hit up some birria soon. I, I've, I, I'm, I'm, I've had it twice now. I ordered it from Mexiville and they mm. brought it to my house. And, you know, when you get delivery, it's never going to be as good. It was still fine. It was, yeah, it was tasty. It just the consistency wasn't what I mm. would expect if I went to Mexiville and ordered it, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's par for the course with delivery. Um, but then I went to 43 Taco and it was something. It was nice. Mexican street corn, which I make also mean Mexican street corn, but theirs was also very delicious. I love so. me some Mexican street corn. Yeah. Some elote. Yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good. And I, I, I made, I made, I've made it twice and it's been awesome both mm. times, but yeah, I, I went and had myself some tacos and then I went to a Starbucks downtown. Cause I mean, it was nearby and I don't, I wanted to go into a coffee shop where they wouldn't bother me for sitting there. Cause I was like, I thought I was like, I'm going to sit in this taco place and I'm going to eat. And then I'm mm -hmm. going to write my notes. And they were just like really quick. Like, here's your check. Mm -hmm. Like that. I could tell they didn't want me to hang out. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll see you later. 
And I went to a coffee shop, got a coffee and sat and wrote out all the notes I needed for this session. I got like, I got one of those, you know, those composition books you can get that yeah. have like, well, I found one that's all graph paper. Mm. And so it's perfect for plotting an RPG because you can draw maps in it and do little yeah, notes. Yeah. So I, I came up with this like one page dungeon that the, everyone's going to go on, but they're going to have to travel to get there. So there's going to be some stuff in the way mm-hmm. and some, some, you know, some hardship along the way. And like during the, the, the rules I have for travel in this game are all random. So that's like, okay, during the first part of your day, I'll roll and look on the table and tell you what happens. Okay, cool. This thing happens during the second half of the travel. Um, I roll again. It says that they discover a lost temple. So I've, <laughs> I was like, okay, it's not where they're going. So I'm going to put that one aside. And then I randomly generated a, another mini dungeon that they got to go through. Oh, also, I, I want to point out, this is like at the back end of the session, because we spent the whole beginning of it doing the character creation, which we, we walked through in the last one. I actually fucked that up a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, we were pretty close. Um, and then after doing it like four times, I'm, yeah. I'm an expert now. I could I could build a character like that. But um, well, do you need to run a retraction? No, no. It's just no? stuff okay. I forgot to do. Okay. Everything we did was right. There was okay. just stuff I forgot. I just want to stay above board. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So we we made the characters. You know, everyone had plenty of like cigarette breaks and, and potty breaks and stuff. We started the session off. They started in a tavern where they got to role play with a few different people. Mm-hmm. And then they went on the journey, which had its things. And then they found the dungeon and then went in that. And there was like a fight in there, found a magical item. And, uh, you know, all that was randomly generated. And and like everything that I had prepped and prepared for the session, they mm-hmm. didn't even get to yet. So like with D and D I would plan, you know, for hours, like basically if I was going to run a four hour game, I would probably put about eight hours of prep Mm -hmm. into that game, which, you know, when you're only doing them like once every two weeks, that's really not, you know, it's two hours here, two hours there. Not a big deal, but it's still a lot. You're doing, Mm -hmm. you're putting a lot of work in doing a lot of research into the lore of the world. Um, you know, buying stuff off Amazon, like all oh, these tokens and trackers will be cool to use at the table, buying minis and painting those. It was just on and on and on and on and on so much upkeep. Whereas with this game, I'm ready to like, the, I, I planned everything and then they didn't even start the stuff I planned and they're still not even there yet, which means that we could go a whole nother session and they're not even there yet, which means that's like four weeks. I don't have to even think about this game. It's all mm-hmm. in my little notebook. That thrills me because it's like I'm I've been, I've been kind of worried about like I really want to step up comedy, but like I love gaming. Gaming brings me a lot of satisfaction. How do I achieve that work life mm-hmm. balance? And um, I'll tell you, it, getting getting rid of D&D and doing more work instead, which is a much simpler game that also has a lot of cool elements to it. I think that was the right call. And I feel really good about it. So I just want to say anyone out there who wants to like get into RPGs, kind of this, the whole point of the last episode. <laughs> If you want to get into RPGs, but you look at D&D and you're just like too intimidated, pick up the Mork board book. I think it's like 24 bucks on Amazon and it's a little complicated, but, you know, join my discord. We can start a conversation about it. I can explain any questions you have. And it's li- literally the type of game you can pick up and play in a, in one session. Like I, like I explained, like everyone who came, you know, Andrew from in chaos, he's, he's in the game, his girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, Katie's in the game and uh, they, uh, they played before, but only once. And it's been a long time. So I had to kind of re-explain a lot to them as well. And they, you know, they rode it like a bicycle, you know, they just, it, you know, once, once they got going, it was just, Oh yeah, duh, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, you know, such a good experience. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. One last, I guess, life update. Uh, I'll, I'll go into, um, last episode. I had mentioned that I had a date coming up. 
Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Um, I canceled on her. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. It was it basically got to the point where I was like, I went out and did because I think we we're supposed to go out, go out on a Friday night. Um, I went out. I, I did last week's episode, had a couple drinks, went out to JJ's, had a couple more drinks, did OK at comedy. If I remember, I, I got it on tape. I think I did fine. I don't remember. No, I think I did good. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I anyway, drank a bit, drank a bit, um, woke up Friday, not feeling great. Yeah, it happens. And when I got off work, I just didn't want to do anything. So yeah. she I, I didn't I, I kind of just ducked. Her. I didn't fully full on ghost her, but I did kind of duck her and didn't, mm. didn't text her. And then she, like when it got to like 4 p.m., she was like, hey, you've been quiet. So. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to stay in. And I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. I'm hungover. Mm-hmm. And then she's, she's been cool. Like we've, we've talked since, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I just wasn't, it felt weird. I don't know how to describe. I don't want to like, in, in case she's listening. I, I mean, I hope that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be friendly to her, but I'm, Hey ladies, I'm back on the market. <laughs> whoop, whoop. I was never off the market, but I'm back on it. I'm not, I'm not like the type of scumbag who's going to like juggle a couple girls. Like I, if mm. I'm, if I'm seeing someone, I'm backing off of everyone else. Like if we're going out and doing stuff, I, I, t- I tend to, it's not that I put all my eggs in one basket, mm. but I'll float them there for a little while. Like I'm, I'll know that like, you know, there's some, some egg juggling going on, but at one time they'll all be there, you know? Mm. Cause I just, it's too, it's too much to like, be like, Hey, this is what, when, when are we going out? When are we going out? When are we going? I, yeah. You know, it's too much. I'd rather just talk to one person and if it works, cool. We'll, we'll work with that momentum. And then if it doesn't, then we'll move on to the next, I guess, or, or, you know, be solo for a while. It's, it, it, you know, life is, life is fun. Life is fun. But yeah, so I didn't, I didn't go on the date um, mostly cause I'm a scared little boy. Uh, but also, I mean, you know, I've spent the past couple years being mostly a recluse, you know, hanging out with you and Bryant, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And so like, even getting back out and being social and comedy shows is, is like, I'm still like the quiet guy in the corner until mm-hmm. I go up. Uh, sometimes I have more fun, but sometimes I'm, I'm like a weird guy and he doesn't talk to anybody. That's just kind of my, my personality. And uh, you know, so dates are kind of scary again. Like mm-hmm. I, they had, they hadn't been in a long time, but like after a couple of years, it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, like it just needs to feel right. And that mm-hmm. one just didn't feel right. So, you know, no, nothing against her. She seemed like a nice lady, but uh, you know, I'm going to see, Maybe if there's somebody who's a little bit nicer and cooler. Mm-hmm. I guess this is a good point for an ad break. So, uh... This podcast is brought to you by H2B Creative. If you've been wanting to produce your own content or podcast, hit us up. We're a full-fledged marketing agency. Whether it's a new logo, website, or content, we can help you build your brand. Riverside Wine and Spirits is your number one stop in Chattanooga, Tennessee to stock up your beer fridge, wine cellar, or home cocktail bar. Have an event coming up? Talk to their event planner and figure out exactly what kind of drink menu you'd like to put together for that special day. If you're coming through the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, make sure to stop by Merchants on Main. It's a great spot to pick up a gift or a memory for someone or sometime special with a shop chock full of art and creations from local artists and makers here in the Chattanooga area. If you aren't taking your online privacy seriously, start now. Who wants Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and other websites selling your personal information? I know I don't, which is why I use ExpressVPN to hide my private data. And did you know you can also use it to get shows from other countries in Netflix and other streaming providers? Yeah, it's awesome. So go on over to expressvpn.com slash chaoswetrust, and we're going to give you three free months when you sign up. 
All right, we are back. Uh, thanks for uh, sticking with us, everybody. This has been, you know, like I said, a freewheeling kind of episode, kind of like how uh, how things were in the early days. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not trashing on you know women like I was back then. I wasn't really <laughs> trashing on women. I was just you know going mostly explaining how bad the the apps are, which is what. This this is gonna sound shitty. It's one of what one of my new bits is is about dating apps, which is kind of kind of hack mm. at this point. But that's also to me like part of the fun challenge of writing is to see if I can take a hack premise mm. and do something that works with it. Um to kind of prove that like it's not the premise, it's the the it's the joke itself, and mm. it's more that the way the joke is told. I mean, that's that's deep comedy philosophy, but it's it to me it makes sense. To me, it's like okay, this is a tired premise, but let's see if we can turn it on its head or present it in a light that no one's considered before, and maybe make it less tired. I don't know. I mean, maybe mm. a, maybe every joke I tell has been told, and I'll, I'll figure that out and be like, oh, whoops, you know. But that's the point of writing and experimentation. I'm I'm. I'm I'm, a lot of these jokes that I write are going to get thrown away eventually anyway. So if I tell it once, one or two times and it doesn't land and I go ahead and toss it or it goes to the rework pile, no big loss. I'm going to write something else to replace it eventually. I'm trying to at least write one new joke every week. That's kind of my goal. And there have been some in recent. I'm not a genius. Like There's been some recently that have gone immediately. Like I've done twice. They just never landed and they went right into the trash pile. And, and you know, some of these may be that. But I do have a joke about dating apps but i know that like once i tell this joke i'm gonna get some shit i found there is a sort of criticism that goes around a lot these days about and i've hear a lot i hear it in comedy all the time i hear it in the rpg circle as well dismiss something and go that's just lazy writing and they'll use the term lazy writing and and i've come to realize that i don't really necessarily think that's a valid criticism at all i think it's actually it misses the point in a lot of ways particularly in comedy but also i'll, I'll cover games too in the comedy side when someone accuses something of being lazy writing what they're usually it's usually a criticism of something edgy and it's like you're just doing shock humor you know you're doing something that's you know an incomplete thought it's a it's a hack premise that everyone's thought of you've copied it off a meme something like that that's usually where they're getting at but like you know, a bad joke is a bad joke, right? I've heard, I've written jokes that were, that like I was just talking about that actually I did put a lot of thought into and, and, and w was very deliberate in my word choice and, you know, was very, put a lot of effort into writing it and it still was a bad joke. It wasn't a lazy joke. It just wasn't good. Um, there have also been jokes that I kind of came up with on the spot. Like just was, a, it was a riff. I just threw out and made Bryant chuckle one night and threw it into my set. And it's been a, a killer ever since pretty lazy writing, but still a very effective joke. So I think when you, when you, when you break it down and you just say like, that's just lazy writing, I think it really, it's just more lazy criticism. I think you could actually look at the joke and inspect it on a deeper level than what you're doing, but just get, lazy writing. is just, it's just a, it's one of those pop catchphrases that everybody's heard now. So everybody says it, it's just a catch all of like, oh, you're, you're telling a joke about, you know, that's makes people feel bad. That's lazy, right? Well, a, I mean, I, I went on this rant a long time ago, but uh, all jokes punch down all jokes. Well, all jokes are at someone else's expense. They mm -hmm. may not all punch down, but all jokes require the misfortune of somebody, mm -hmm. every single one of them. And so like, I feel like that's just a, a way to get out. Like when a joke, you know, people will laugh at all these jokes until the one hits them a little close to home. And that's when they go, Oh, that one's over the line. Oh, really? All the other ones I told weren't, you know? So like, 
it's it's to me it's 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 lazy criticism and, and on the rpg side like usually you'll hear that like you know especially now that there's all this you know conversation going on about the changes happening in D where like people say oh all orcs are evil in your homebrew world well that's lazy writing and it's like well first off i'm running a fucking game for fun for my friends i'm not gonna write like a tolkien-esque epic <laughs> i'm not gonna write like something that's gonna be you know it'll be i want it to be noteworthy and important to the people playing it i don't give a fuck if anyone else understands it or cares about it so like yeah it's a little lazy i just talked about how much i appreciate the fact that i can do more lazy writing the fact that i can rely on random generated tables to you know populate my world yes i want bad guys that just i know are just bad guys that the good guys can just go hit with swords Mm -hmm. that's what i i'm not gonna make them they'll they'll be monsters i'm not gonna make people there'll be some bad people but monsters that's a bad monster like i'm not gonna give in this dying apocalyptic wasteland of a world, I'm not going to create a monster with like a conscience, like, Hey, I'm the one good one. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. Okay. Sure. It's lazy writing for a fucking home enjoyment game. Like for funsies. It's not, I don't know. I they're coming to get me. It's the lazy writing police. So yeah, I, to me, it's, that's just been eating at me. I, I watched this, um, it was a D YouTube video and the guy was kind of talking, he was talking about like the changes. He goes, you know, I just think it's lazy writing and I just full stop the video and clicked it off. I'm like, no, nope, cause you lost me. Cause lazy doesn't equal bad. That's, that's the thing that I think that irks me the most is lazy does not always equal bad. Sometimes shortcuts are fine. Sometimes. Okay. Think about it like this. You look at like dungeons and dragons. Like we'll go back to, I never played fourth edition, but we'll go back to third edition. Right. Um, the way that game worked is, the same way that it works now you roll a d20 and you add your modifier to see what happens so you're like i want to sneak up the hill cool so i'm going to roll my d20 i'm going to add my stealth that's a plus four. Oh, but it's raining so that's a minus two but i've got these special like claw gloves so that's a plus three uh but you know there's enemies nearby so i've got it so that actually adds to the difficulty so that's a minus three on top so you're you've got all these stacks of modifiers that you're having to do all this mental math on the fly like where there's all the every different situation that's going on is another number on this quick mm. math. It gets to be pretty lengthy and, and it, it slows the game down. So what they decided to do is, you know what, instead of that, let's create a system called advantage disadvantage where, hey, if overall you have advantage in the situation, you roll 2d20 and keep the higher. Overall, if you have disadvantage in the situation, you roll 2d20 and you keep the lower one. If it's about even, you just roll your normal roll. No modifiers. Some might call that lazy game design, but no, everyone likes it. So they, you know what the term they use is elegant. They say it's elegant game design. It's streamlining. Sometimes lazy writing is just streamlining. It's not like that. That's the thing. It's, it's such a stupid fucking criticism. And I wish people would stop using it. It's just lazy writing. No, 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 no. You're mad. You didn't think of it. (laughs) Like, like if it's a bad joke, it's a bad joke. Sometimes, sometimes like plenty of people write jokes where they don't, they just present a funny situation and they never really give a punchline on it. It's not lazy writing. It's just a bad joke. No, like these people aren't like the person writing this joke isn't trying to cut the corners. You know, they're not, they don't realize that they're cutting the, they don't realize that the, when they wrote it down and said, I'm going to say this on a stage, I don't think they knew that it was a meme, you know, Mm. maybe they did. And they don't know that that's unacceptable. It's not lazy. It's, it's ignorance. It's, it's uh it's lack of education. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's lazy criticism. If you're going to call something lazy writing, it's lady, lazy criticism, not lady criticism. I'm not 
come on guys. <laughs> it's lazy criticism. And I think, you know, I don't know, I think if, if you, if you go around spouting off that kind of shit, it just kind of it's an immediate red flag that, Oh, this person doesn't actually know what they're talking about. They're just talking out of their ass. So remember that next time uh, you think about using that against someone, you fucking asshole. Um, anyway, um, I think that, uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit. I think um, lately I've been kind of mulling over some stuff going on in the comedy scene right now. What time is it? How much time we got? I got a show after this. Okay. We've got plenty of time. Um, I think I am uh, to really make this make sense. I need to do a quick rundown of like the history of the the local comedy scene, at least as far as I've experienced mm. it. I can't really go, can't talk about what's gone on before then and after then, but I can at least go into a little bit about my experience. And uh, what I'll say is that when I came in, you know, I started at JJ's. It was very small. It was run by, I, I want to say Joel Ruiz was the uh, the main guy, but it, he was doing a lot of work with John Michael Bond and um, a few other people. And um, John Michael moved to uh, Atlanta and then ultimately LA um, years later. But for a while, like Joel boosted the scene and he was, you know, it, it grew for over the course of a, a, a couple of years. Eventually, Joel moved to Atlanta and Ryan Darling took over the scene. Now, this was kind of when I think it really hit its stride. And I, I, I want to say it's because so many people were just so glad to see Joel leave that we threw him a going away party and it was a massive success. Uh, a lot of people came out to it and, um, we uh, a lot, all the local comics did and, and they all did time. And after that, once Ryan started kind of booking at JJ's, the crowds picked up. And I think that was I think that was sort of the jump start. It was, oh, thank God Joel's not here anymore. I'm kidding, Joel. I know you're not going to listen to this, but uh, <laughs> it was just it was just funny. It was like literally that was the moment. I, well, I think it was the fact that him leaving was such a big deal. It was a big event that a lot of people came to that really mm. opened up oh, we've got this whole thing going on to a lot of people. So JJ's got to where it was really hopping. There was a lot of like, I mean, our local scene, we had like pretty famous comics popping in all the time uh, doing like the Mike night mm -hmm. and then, you know, doing other stuff like, um, you know, Doug Stanhope would just drop in at different times. A lot of the comics that I would see there have gone on to do like, um, oh, what's uh Joe DeRosa, who's he's was on Better Call Saul, mm -hmm. you know, and he's uh got like a bar now in, in New York and like a sandwich shop I want to go to, but uh seems like a cool guy, but he's performed at JJ's. Uh, you've got uh, like Nikki Glazer came and did a JJ's set, uh, which I thought was, you know, at the time she was not super huge, but she's blown the fuck up since then. You know, Kyle Kinane came in and performed there a, a couple times. One time I ended up closing down JJ's just talking metal with him. Mm. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, so, you know, for a while it had, it had a lot of clout and then our local scene also was really, really strong. We had a long list of comics who could, who could crush. And I mean, I don't think that like we were never at a level where we were, I think we had better comics than like Atlanta or Nashville or any of the surrounding places. But I think of our, our smaller lineup, it was a better percentage of good comics. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Atlanta is such a huge scene that yes, you've got like mega stars who just go out and crush, who can, you know, who, who are, because they're in that, you know, super competitive environment, it's like forging steel, you know? Um, but because it's so big, you've also got a huge chunk of that other end of the spectrum. Whereas here it's a smaller scene. Everyone knows each other and everyone sees all these comics coming in from Atlanta mm -hmm. and Nashville who are, who are shooters, you know? And so they're, they're being exposed to a lot of these better comics in close proximity 
more often. So it really raises everyone's personal bar. And I thought at that time, like I remember there was a run of shows where, uh, I mean, like I, I, I was going to JJ's every week and it was on Wednesday nights at this point. I think that the list had like 17 or 18 slots on it and there'd be like, you know, 28 people who'd show up to sign up. So like a big chunk of people would have to get cut every week. They, they'd have to do a bucket at some point where like, okay, you know, if you're a regular here, you get a spot, but if you're not, you go into the bucket and we'll do bucket pulls. And, you know, some people didn't think that was fair, but like, honestly, like at that time it was that packed. It's it was the most fair way to do it. Mm. You know, I don't, you don't want to make people who come out every week and who, who have stood the test of time. You don't want to make them, maybe not get a slot. So you end up with a whole set of new people who, who, you Mm. know, aren't developed. So you throw all the new people in a bucket and say, Hey, hope for the best. I got a little butt hurt during this time. Uh, Ryan (laughs) came out. Like I had showed up the week before. I was like, I'm just here to watch, but I do plan on going up next week. And he goes, cool. Again, I've been doing this about as long as Ryan. So I felt a little bit of seniority. No, like, I mean, not a lot. Now I feel a lot like now I feel like I'm, I get to walk in wherever I want. If I want time, you put me up. God damn it. No, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although I did, I did pull that that night. I'm talking about it at, at Barley where I fucking walked in late and crushed, but there was room. They just stuck me on at the end. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't walk in and bump anybody. I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that kind of a dick, but um, Ryan uh, fucking, uh, <laughs> I guess didn't respect me at the time. And uh, I mean, even heard him over, overheard him like, Say so like I'm just gonna cut in, and fucking when he read the list, he sure as shit didn't say my name. And he also bef- like during that read off goes, if you don't like it, go start your own mic. So I fucking Damn. stormed out of there, walked my happy ass across the street up to the Honest Pint and talked to the manager there. It's like, hey, how'd you like to do a weekly comedy show? Like we'd love to. And then Comedy Fight was born, which uh, some people still say was the best open mic that's ever happened in this town. I think it, there was definitely a lot of good to it. I ran that for two years and I, I, you can't, you can't do a mic longer than that. I don't think I, I, I didn't like being tied down. I did like the fact that I was getting paid to do it. Uh, but I didn't like being tied down to where like every Monday I had a place I had to be. So it really limited, like I couldn't do certain shows out of town because I had to be there. You know, I could, I, I could have gotten guest hosts, but it was such an, there was so much production that went into it. Cause I ran samples and did a lot and had, you know, had a big wheel that I would spin and all this stuff that like, it was really hard to do to get someone else to do. I actually have some ideas on bringing that back. Um, I, I won't do a wheel again, but what I might do since I'm a D and D nerd is get a big, you know, an oversized D 20 and then make a D 20 table and just have someone mm-hmm. roll the oversized D 20 into like a inflatable pool or something <laughs> and then be like, okay, it's an 18. That means next week the topic is this, <laughs> but yeah, basically there'd be a new hat. We, it was, we call it the wheel of hack premises kind of going back on what I was saying about liking to take a hack premise. This is part of where I developed that kind of love is I thought like we'll have this wheel of just overused hack premises and we'll spin it. And then at the end of every show and then everyone will see, Hey, and we'll we'll announce it on social media too and say, Hey, the the premise for next week is going to be family members or politics or all these other things that always get talked about. And um, so the, the comics would then spend the next week writing jokes about that material and then they'd get points based on it. And the winner got like a gift card and stuff. It was, it was an interesting, interesting premise. I thought um, a lot of fun I had dusty Slay on my show. Who's huge now. Like he came out and, and did a, did a set. I've had some other like, you know, pretty cool people, but dusty is probably the, the biggest bragging ride I've got. Um, super fucking hilarious dude too. If you, if you ever get the chance to see him, but that brings us to, to back to today, 
Um, cause I'd quit that and I'd honestly, I quit that and then started to kind of slow down. I enjoyed being able to just go to comedy shows and not have to be working, you know, and just go up and perform. And that's the only responsibility I have, but I'd starting to kind of wear myself down. My writing was slowing down. It was right when I was getting super into D and D. So I was putting a lot of time into other things. And, um, then the pandemic happened and everyone, you know, pretty much took a step away and, uh, Upon coming back, you know, there's this new class of, of, of kids that have started. Some people never came back. Some people came back rusty. I came back on fire and then I've hit kind of peaks and valleys since. But the scene is not what it was when it was at its best. Yeah. And that's kind of the point that that that, that I'm making by this whole story is that there have been points where the scene here actually had some like national notoriety. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we can do it again, but we've got to sort of kickstart it. And so I've got all this experience. Um, I mean, granted, I'm not, I don't, so here's my take is I don't have a lot of experience at being a successful comic. So I'm not going to help newcomers come in and immediately be successful. What I can do is tell them all the things over my 10 years of doing comedy that I've seen people try and fail at. And if they want to try and on their own and say, you know what, I don't care that that Mm. you've never seen this work. I'm going to be the guy that makes it work. If they can do it and make it work, then they should ignore every bit of advice I give them. But if people think that like, man, I've gone up week after week after week and my jokes just aren't landing, I just can't figure it out. I just need help with the writing side of things. I need help with the, you know, delivery side of things. I thought maybe I should do like a meetup, a workshop, a class kind of thing. For these new comics, I just don't know, like I'm, without social media, I don't have an immediate way to reach out to them. So I, it, it would seem kind of corny if I like booked it and then showed up and started handing out, come to my fucking workshop because I'm going to be passing it out. And then like more experienced comics are going to be like, I'm going to come to that. And I'm like, you're not going to get anything out of this. <laughs> like, I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't know. But some of these new guys, I might or new ladies to you know people, new people. I might be able to say like, hey, give them some basic comedy tips like start simple don't don't come right out of the gate trying to tell big long stories and 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 don't try to tell like relay real events that happened like lie make the make the thing that really happened lie and make it funnier than it actually was um and tell it like a joke don't tell it like a story you know and so the way the way i would you know teach someone to do that and you mentioned uh you know the chicken crossing the road that's actually mm-hmm. an example i use when i explain the anatomy of a joke to someone because believe it or not, that's actually a really good example of how to, how to construct yeah. a joke. Um, why did the chicken cross the road? Your, that's your setup. Every joke needs a setup and a punchline. Uh, every single one. I'll never forget um, <laughs> when uh, Jimmy first started uh, Jimmy uh, Sal, when he first started, he, he started off pretty hot. Uh, he was already like, he, he had experience performing. He was already pretty, you know, confident guy. Um, so he, he, he took to it like a fish to water. And I was talking to him and he goes, yeah, my technique is uh, I like to misdirection. I like to you know say one thing and then send the joke in another way. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, that's called a joke. That's all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's every joke is misdirection. You're it's good. You understand that that's what you're supposed to be doing, but I was like, that's not your, that's not your technique. That's everyone's technique. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I mean, like it's, it's funny. Uh, I mean, he, like I said, he was, he's good. He makes people laugh. So that's, that's what matters. But it just, he was like, this is my technique. It's misdirection. I'm like, yeah. It's like if a football player is like, what I like to do is catch the ball and then run. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's why you're good at football. <laughs> you're asking why did the chicken cross the road? Well, the, and then the, 
the delivery, the punchline to get to the other side. Why is that funny? Well, it's it's funny because it's a smart ass response. Mm -hmm. When you pose the question, why did the chicken cross the road? The expectation is you're going to have a real answer. And then to get to the other side is a no duh dipshit kind of response. And that's why it's funny because it's like not what the person who heard the question initially thought was going to be the answer. And so what I what I tell newcomers a lot of times is go ahead and write all your jokes as simple setup punchline one liners. And if you have a bunch that are about the same thing, group them together and they don't all have to be like that simple of a, of a thing. But like you do want to you basically want like one sentence one short sentence, it's, you know, you'll eventually learn there's a skill called trimming the fat where you realize like as you're writing jokes, you're putting in more information that's necessary to get the joke across. Mm -hmm. You really want to get cut all that out. So that way you don't want to kill any time with just talking. You always want to say like, okay, you're either setting up or you're punchlining. So it's like, I would say like, do like a simple one to two sentence setup and then a one, maybe even just a one word punchline or a, you know, a short sentence. You want your punchline to be punchy and you want, I mean, the, they call it a punchline, you know, you know, I know that we were, we were goofing on Jimmy for the misdirection thing, but when you punch someone, you don't want them to see the punch coming right at them because they're going to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you call it when a joke does well, it hits or it lands. How do you land a punch? You got to make sure they don't see it coming. Mm -hmm. It's that there's a reason why these are the terms. So, you know, I think once people, once that clicks for people and once they understand like, okay, Okay. And then they start thinking about it like that. They realize like, like just do simple jokes, try work those out, get ready to throw those away, be writing those all the time. The ones that stick, keep them in a folder. And then, you know, when you need to come out and do a, a good set, bring them back out. I'd say workshop them until you, they're at their final form, then record it and then let it sit on a shelf for a little while. Then maybe revisit it, maybe rewrite it a little bit because as you grow as a comic, your abilities and your, your ideas are going to develop and change. You're not going to want to, you'll, you'll read your old jokes and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? That's so cringe. There's one line in there that's gold that I want to recycle and redo. And it's been two mm -hmm. years. No one's going to remember it. So when you bring that back in a new joke, yeah, some people who are comics are going to know that, but, um, and kind of like the last point that I really want to make before I really wrap this episode up that kind of ties in with all this is that comics should not be needing other comics. Like it's good when we support each other. It's it's I like it. I like when I see that other comics enjoy my stuff and then I enjoy their stuff. I, I think that's good, but I don't want to ever need or rely on the comics. And that's also kind of why I, I got a little upset at the um, exile mic the other night I went because it was like, it's all just other comics. Like, and I didn't make any of them laugh, but like, I'm not trying to, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to sell tick. Like ideally these comics would be able to get into any show I do for free. So it's not like, I'm not like, you know, if, if, if my whole audience is other comics, that's going to be a really shitty road. I want normies. I want people who are comedy fans and don't have aspirations of doing comedy. I want people who don't even know much about comedy. They just like me. They like this show, you know? Um, that's what I, that's what I want and who I want to rely on as fans. I don't really necessarily need other comics and I don't think any of the comics should feel this way. And I think that's a, a big thing that young comics need to know because prevents people, it, it prevents a gatekeeper scene where there's like a few people who hold the keys 
and you know they decide who gets through and like the real lesson and kind of the lesson from the comedy fight story is don't wait on people to hand you opportunities go out chase your own opportunities make your own you know book if you can't get booked book your own shows build mm-hmm. your own audience independent of that audience like when the jj's audience got going and got developed that was it's mm-hmm. that was not the the comp the general comedy mm-hmm. audience the jj's crowd didn't go also to shows at the comedy catch. The comedy catch had its own crowd and JJ's had its own crowd. Once comedy fight got started, it developed its own crowd. Mm. You know, barley has its own group of people and there's some crossover that Venn diagram. They aren't separate circles. There's some people that float around in there, but generally speaking, people have their one night off a week that they go out, you know, so some people aren't able to chase every single open mic, you know? And, And so I think like really, New comics should be focused on that more than kissing ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to get booked. That gets you more exposure. It's good to do a paid show. Paid shows are really good because, hey, it's it's nice to see people who actually appreciate what you're trying to do. When people pay for a ticket, they're probably going to laugh at your jokes. Whereas when people are just there because it's a cool place to hang out and it's free, mm-hmm. you might get a laugh. You might not. But this is all leading kind of and culminating to this idea where if I can build up and get the scene back to where there's just this overflowing list of, of people who are shooters and who can who I, who I can trust to deliver and be funny every time. I think what we really need and kind of it's what Jeff's doing with this exile show. I think Andrew's booking it, too. I maybe I don't know if it's just Jeff, but but it's where it's a local showcase. And we're really just saying like, hey, here's a chance to check out local talent in more than just an open mic setting mm-hmm. where they get to do longer sets. Uh, I thought of another element. There's a there's a type of show that's really frowned upon in the comedy community in a lot of places called bringer shows where it's like you can get stage time if you sell X amount of tickets. I don't want to do that. But I think there's something to that idea. And what you do is you book the show and you say you're on the show no matter what. You sell zero tickets, you're on the show. But I'm not going to set the lineup until closer to time uh, when I can. And then you give everyone like, instead of having one link to buy tickets, you, you set up like four different links or like however many forever each comic gets their own link. And so I can see like, okay, this many people bought tickets from the links that this comic's posting, this many people bought tickets from the links that this comic's posting. So I can see who's actually, mm-hmm. and it really builds in an incentive for the comics to learn how to promote mm-hmm. because a lot of comics will just get booked on a show and leave it up to the booker and, and the booker should be doing promotion. The other comics should also be doing promotion. The venue should be doing promotion. Everyone should be in on this together because it's a mutually beneficial situation. But if you're a comedian and you're on a show, you should also be promoting. And I, I get that that can be annoying uh, to a lot of people who don't, who like you personally and don't give a shit about your mm-hmm. comedy. So you may need to create new channels for that and build an audience, you know? Um, and that's, that's kind of overall, like, I think like Bridget's doing a class, which I, I recommend because she knows what she's talking about, but she specifically told me she wants to stay away from the writing and performing. And she really wants to help comics develop their business savvy. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're, if you really think that's where your week's, point is look up Bridget Martin. I can't remember. I don't have the link ready, um, but look her up. I mean, I should get her on the show to talk about it really. Um, but look her up and um, find out when she's doing one of her classes and go to that. And then she's going to really, I feel like that's probably for people who are a little more developed, uh, who are ready to get out on the road and try to monetize uh, their comedy for, uh, for people who are struggling and um, people who feel like they need a little bit more work and they, they need guidance on how to get there. Um, hey, join my discord. It's in my link tree. Reach out to me. Let me know that there's a, a lot of people who want this kind of thing. And I'd even do like I, what I, I don't like Bridget's class. You do have to pay for. I will agree to at least do one sort of sit down Q&A workshop session 
completely for free. And hopefully that would even be all it, all it uh, takes. But if there's demand and follow up and it becomes a thing I have to do regularly, I I, look, I'm not going to give up that much free time. You know, it's going to, it's going to have to be something that people pay, pay me for just, just to make it worth the gas. Have you seen gas prices lately? Jesus Christ, there's a fucking war on right now. (laughs) But, uh, But my point is, I think that all of that is, is all I'm getting to is if you're new at comedy, if you're interested in getting new at comedy, um, there's a lot of things that should be common sense that aren't. And, and I'm not going to lie. I do worry that maybe by trying to do this, I'm actually doing kind of a disservice to some of these new comics because no one was there to, to teach me. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff I had to figure out on my own. And then by helping some of these comics skip a lot of these steps, they're actually skipping some important development that they're going to, they're going to have to work on at some point. Um, I have seen a thing and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to call anyone out or name any names, but it has been an ongoing trend. I've seen over and over and over again, you get comics who come in hot. They start off really strong. They get a lot of praise early on and then they plateau because Mm -hmm. they, they're not, they stop being hungry. They get, you know, if you're a comic and you've been doing it for less than a year and you're already getting booked on shows, I, I suspect you're after about two years, you're probably going to fizzle out and you, you probably won't be doing it anymore because you're already getting all this praise and recognition. You're not really thinking that, Hey, there's anything broke there. So you sit on the material you have and you're not desperate for that next new joke. You know, like a lot of people, and that's not, it's not a hundred percent, you know, it's mm-hmm. some people do, do push it. But like, I find that the people who, when they start off and they struggle really hard and then over time, they, learn and develop and, and, and grow and become a good comic. Those are the ones who stick with it because a, they, they added enough in them to push through that shitty point and b along the way, they've picked up a lot of skills on their own and learned Mm -hmm. and carved out their own niche where like, I'm going to tell people like kind of my advice for how to write jokes early on. That's not my advice for how to write jokes forever. This is just to get you used to writing jokes, get you used to telling jokes that can land and then you can start developing your actual timing and stage presence, but you need jokes that can land before you do that um, to build up the confidence. But I, I expect everyone that I talk to about this, once they get the hang of that, they start driving the boat in their own direction. But uh, that's really all I, I, I wanted to say about that. I, I, it's cool. how I like segged all that together. It was all kind of just a list of different <laughs> topics I wanted to go into and it all kind of worked out. But um once again, um, thanks Tanner for, uh, for, uh, being here. Thanks yeah, everybody dude. for listening and tuning in. Um, once, you know, once again, if you want to follow us on, uh, on social media, boomer memes pod on Instagram is the best way to go in that bio of that Instagram account. There is a link tree. You can go to that link tree and find literally everything else. Any way to contact me, any way to donate money, links to tickets for shows, all that stuff. Check it out and more. This has been Boomer Memes. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.